Now, Cheryl, in a minute, we're going to um, do an interview we were meant to do last week, but we were so busy and we've had people inquiring about it already. So just fill us in. What's happening? Okay, we're going to be talking with Dr Trish Santos-Smith about a kids camp for future vets. So all of those aspiring vets out there. Good one. Really good. And then, Dr Bob, what are we chatting about later today? Cat behaviour and how blokes, when they finally get to meet a cat, actually like them. They melt, don't they? They do. You're all big softies underneath it all. Okay, we'll have a look at that as well. Cheryl Shaw, you've got a wonderful guest on today. We do. Are you there, Trish? Yes, I am. Hi. Welcome and thank you for being our our guest today on Pet Chat. Now, you have a very interesting program for kids. um, It's called a Kids Camp for Future Vets. Now, what's it all about? It's called a Future Vets Camp and um, Pet Show actually um, sponsors a scholarship for a student to attend this camp. This is, it's such an amazing program. So it's a camp that runs for a week. Um, and it's designed for school kids aged between 9 and 16, and they've got three age groups for the kids, just the different level. Um, but it teaches them so much stuff about what it's like becoming a vet and things they will learn as a vet. So it's, it's a fantastic opportunity for school kids, for school kids. So where is this camp held? It's held at Waverley College and it's run every January. So this year it's running between the weeks of the 8th and 12th of January and the 15th and 19th of January. And this camp, it's just a day camp, isn't it? It's not an overnight... Or is it a week? (laughs) No, it it does run for a whole week, so for five days, Monday to Friday, but it's between 9 and 3 o'clock or 9 and 3.30. And what sort of things do the children um, participate in? What is it hands-on or is it just, um, you know, video or what do they do? Well, um, they do everything from having lectures and learning about common illnesses in dogs and cats and breed-specific diseases. But they do a lot of excursions, so they go and visit um, animal referral hospitals. Um, They visit the University of Sydney as well. And they do little workshops where they learn how to um, suture, like if they were suturing an animal up, um, and even how to blood draw from, from an animal. So they uh, do get to see lots of things. Yeah. So there's live animals there? Um, no. So they're, 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 <laughs> that could be dangerous. <laughs> they're not suturing live animals. They're, they're, not, they're not that far. <laughs> but um, they, they use, like, um, banana skin suture and they practice suturing on that. Oh, I'd love so to do that. they're not doing it on live animals. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yeah, that's <laughs> Sarah was getting a bit worried here, thinking that they're going to be stitching up a few koalas or something. Just to clarify, I thought there might be a, a vet doing it and demonstrating. I didn't think the kids were. Well, I was hoping they weren't anyway. Oh, it'd be great well, to be involved. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, like I said, they do visit vet clinics, so they probably see that as well. Yeah, and what's the criteria for children to um, participate in this? What, what, how do they go about it and what, what sort of things are expected from them? Well, they just have to be between the age of 9 and 16, really, to apply, to attend the workshop. Now, um, PetShot is offering scholarships for two kids to attend, so they, they do have to submit an application online for that. And in 150 to 200 words, say why they would like to attend the camp. Sorry, Trish, was that two children that are sponsored, did you say? Yes, two. Perfect. And how many can go along to any given camp? Oh, 
I'm not sure. Okay, that's <laughs> there, fine. there is a limit per group. So okay. some groups, because of their age, might allow more than others. Yeah, and this is quite, um, a, quite a saving too, isn't it, Trish, for these um, people who do get the scholarships because it's quite an expensive, um, uh, say, we say, summer activity. Yes, it is. So you're looking at around $595 for the week. Right. So, um, yeah, if, if they need financial help, then it's a great opportunity for them to get that scholarship. And for anybody wanting to, um, to find out how to go about it, how would they do that? Well, they can go to the website. So the website is www.futurevetkidscamp.com and it will have all the information there. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, and it's run, uh, by, a, it's run by a couple of vets, is that correct? Yeah, it's run by um, Scott Bainbridge and Andrew Bollins. Um, and Scott actually has his own practice in Canada. Um, and basically they just come every summer and run this program, which is amazing. Yeah, I think it's a brilliant program. I did um, hear about stitching the bananas. I thought I'd like to try that. A little bit of suturing, see how good I went mm. at that. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, well, it certainly uh, will help a lot of people appreciate animals and learn a little bit more. So um, I wish you all the best with that. And um, I really do hope that the um, children who are deserving of those scholarships get that. And um... Trish, before you go, if people are interested, can we uh, still get names in for this January's uh, camp? Yeah, I believe they're open until the end of the month. So they can still go online. Oh, wonderful. Yep. Well, Dr. Trish Santos-Smith, thank you very much for chatting with us today. That's all right. A pleasure. Thank you. If only I was a couple of years younger. I know. You, you just never know. I'd, I'd love to have done that when I was young. Me too. Mm. And, and suture a banana. Yes, I know. Please. Yeah. yeah. You can do that Do at home, actually. Dr. Bob, you... why are you laughing <laughs> a couple of years younger? What's I, 20 no, years no, or so? No, no, you can tell he's the vet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's hard work. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll be wondering what I'm doing this afternoon. I'm just stitching a banana in yeah. case I change careers, become a veterinarian. Do you eat the banana first and then stitch the... Yeah, make out a you... like full. Or... <laughs> oh, yes, you would, wouldn't you? Morning tea. Or do you, or do you eat the banana and stitch it back up? Oh. Because you wouldn't stitch while the banana was in there because what are you stitching together? Nothing. Well... <laughs> Look, these deep and meaningful questions. Now, we were just chatting uh, to Dr Trish Santos-Smith. Now, she was telling us uh, about a camp for children aged between 9 and 16 who may be interested in becoming vets. Now, we've had a call asking for that website again, and it is www.futurevetkidscamp.com. That is futurevetkidscamp.com. I think it's time to go to the lines. What do you think, Dr Absolutely. Bob? Yes. All right. Uh, 49216216 is our number. Alan from Singleton, do you need some advice on your black kelpie? Yeah, mate, I... Um, yeah, some good advice. Um, I listen to this show all the time, and it's very, very good, Charlie. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Uh, now, what he is, uh, a black kelpie working dog. Yep. Uh, he's... I've sort of retired him, but he still wants to work. Yep. But he's very, very loose in the bowel. Okay. He whimpers, and we wash his back end and so forth. But uh, a very, very loose, and it seems to be something wrong somewhere. Okay, it's probably best to get him down to your regular vet. Yes. Um, the usual things you would have done, um, worming and... I have uh, never wormed him. Ah, well, I would worm him out now just with a normal uh, all-wormer tablet. And I'd all do it worm a tablet. 
Yeah, and I'd do it again in two to three weeks because yeah. it's when they're puppies and when they're older animals that they're more susceptible to intestinal worms. Yeah. Um, and so it will show in different ways and the vet can do a, a faecal flotation to see what sort of worm eggs are there. Yeah. But I would worm him out now and again in two to three weeks because that will break the cycle of the worms, the eggs that they lay being in the area that he's from. The other reason for going to your regular vet is there could be other more serious things. If he is getting older, then it also means he's more susceptible to um, cancer, to um, food intolerances, that sort of thing. Um, so it would be get it good to get him down for a regular checkup because um, it just means that they can have a good feel over and check there's nothing too scary there and then do tests if they need to. But I would certainly worm him out and I'd also put him on a bland sort of a diet. Just, yeah. Um, he has what we eat sort of. Uh, he's a uh, 12-year-old, yep. but he still wants to work and he's yeah. very active, yeah. but just he's sitting on his bum and screwing in circles. Yeah. And I bring him inside. He has his own bed with a sheet on it. Good. Uh, which is washed every day. Yep. And just leaves these round loose marks. He's running past me now where it's upsetting him. Yeah. And so we trimmed all his tail last night and keep his bum washed. And yeah. It's <laughs> like a baby. Yeah, very yeah, important yeah, to look I, after well, them. Well, I would too, Charlie, if I could put a nappy on him. <laughs> It's just very tricky to cut a hole for the tail. But yeah. um, the, the other thing with it being a working dog, he will have osteoarthritis. He will have some pain. And that can sometimes also cause diarrhoea. So it would be good for a, a, a vet checkup just to make sure that we can cross all those simple things off yeah. and make sure that we can get him on a, a bland diet and check there's nothing too unpleasant. But the worming would be really good to do now and again in two or three weeks. Well, what if I worm him straight away tomorrow? I'll go and get some worm yep. and tablets tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. I'll worm him first. Yep. The and then, th- oh, yep. I'm the bloke that told Charlie to ring up before about the little galah, me bird. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You're an animal lover, Alan. We love animal <laughs> lovers on this show. You've got to look after them. You do. But, and, and if he's been a working dog, he's helped you and saved you, yeah. you know, hours Mate, of, of I'll time. Mate, I'll tell you what, I could go down the farm. I was strip feeding with a lefty fence across. The cows are in there. He'd go in. I'd stand at the gate. He'd bring all them cows out. Yep. But you take him up to the dam, yep. but you had to close the gate, the gate quick because you want to put him back in again. He That's right. <laughs> <laughs> heard them one way, had enough, oh, now heard them back the other way. Him. Brenda, in Morissette, are you still there? I think she might have left us. All right, Brenda, give us a call back if you can. Vicky from Newcastle, you've got an inquiry about your friend's pup. That's right, yep. How can I help you, Vicky? Oh, um, well, the thing is, he's about eight months old and he's, everything's good except for when she gets a visitor, he just plays up, holy hell, he's really naughty, crying and whinging and barking and trying to get her to throw the ball, that sort of thing. And, and she asked me and I thought I'd Google it, but no, I heard you on the radio, so I'm asking you. <laughs> yes, yeah, good choice. A, what sort of a dog is it, Vicky? Oh, it's a mixed breed. It's only a small dog. I think it it sort of looks a bit like it might have a bit of corgi. It's got that long body. Terrier sort of, yeah, dog. So they are very excitable and partly it is attention-seeking. They are just, yeah. you know, you've got friends over and they want the, the full attention. Um, mm-hmm. So it's good to put it on lead so that it's actually got some boundaries and doing that when people aren't there as well so that it's learning what is the right thing. Reasonable pet parenting principles, so leadership guidelines. Yeah. Is he de-sexed yet? Yes. 
Yep, good. So that means the testosterone doesn't become a component of making him more excitable, more silly. Uh, So it's very important to do just basic training, sit, stay with reward treats um, to help him to listen and to defer to the owner. So if she's a little bit soft, then it means the dog will take over and will do what it likes. So yeah, she definitely is soft. She just loves him to pieces. That's right. So like children, they need to have reasonable boundaries. Yeah, don't show weakness. That's it. Never, never, Ever. never cry in front of them. Yet. <laughs> and so it's making sure that he gets plenty of exercise when people aren't there, so that when they do come, he knows that he will get that later. So you hold yeah. the ball, put it in your lap, and say, "Just lying on your mat," and you give him a, a tiny bit of a treat and, and ask him to stay and be sensible. Look at him every so often, like with kids, you're looking to make sure they're they're doing the the right thing. And when they're out of sight, that's even more worrying because you don't know what they're getting up to. So yeah. it's important that he stays in the room with them, unless he's too naughty or silly. If he's jumping on them too much, then. Um, Put him on lead, keep him a bit further away, hide him behind the, uh, from the, on the side of a lounge so he can't see the people. If that's not working, then outside, so time out. So it's a disciplined gradient, if you like, and just helping him to know that if he's good, he gets to stay in and be part of the family. If he's naughty, he gets put outside, like I was. I mean, no, like, like <laughs> when I'm being naughty, I get put outside, so, you know. That's fair enough. Perfectly uh, reasonable. Good one. Thank you very much for the call, Vicky. I hope that advice helps your friend. We've got Brenda from Morissette back on the line. Now, you've got a dog that wants to chew. Yes, but it's very random. He's two years old, um, and we've acquired him because from our son because he was such a challenge. Um, and it, it's you just never know what he's going to chew. He could go for weeks and not chew something, or you, he could destroy the house in a couple of days. Um, he'll chew like for example this morning he ch- he chewed a brand new CD that was up high oh. <laughs> and he didn't like the artist <laughs> he obviously didn't no he didn't like the choice there um, uh, he'll chew um, oh look he'll just chew anything table and chairs yeah. uh, c- cushions oh jeez yeah. and what sort of a dog is it Brenda well he's meant to be a quarter pug and three quarter uh, Jack Russell but I reckon a Kelpie's got in there somewhere but yeah <laughs> Yeah. So they need to have things to do and appropriate things to chew on. So whenever you see him chewing on something, redirect him. You never see him chewing. Yeah, so he does it behind your back. So that is sort of a stress anxiety symptom. So it is that he's a bit worried about something or he's a bit bored. So it's important to give him appropriate, as you said, he was a bit of a problem for your son. He lives on 40 acres. He's on 40 acres now. He's on the 40 acres now, and uh, he, he uh, explores the property with me. Like this, and he was, this morning he was uh, asleep, yep. just happily. We'd been out, fed the horses, the geese and ducks, and he'd had a lovely time with me. Yep. We came back in, and we um, I went into the shower, yep. and normally he just curls up for a little sleep, and I came out, and he had chewed the CD. Okay, so that is more to do with the fact that he's out, he's been having a great time exploring things and then he's having to be confined inside and he's not able to control himself. So at two, he still hasn't reached um, social and mental um, maturity, which we think is about three years of age. Smaller breeds a bit earlier. So he needs to know that when he is on his own inside, he needs to have a special place. Um, I'm not a huge fan of crate training, but just a blanket or a towel on the floor, and that's where he needs to stay. So you encourage him to stay and you give him something to chew on whenever he's alone, and that way he, if you like, gets rid of his um, 
built up stress levels inside, so he internalises that and then has to go and... <laughs> chew on something. <laughs> even, so. even though he can come and go, That's inside, right. he doesn't he's not locked inside like no. he could he could go outside if he wanted. Yeah, yeah. And he has got another old dog with him. Yep. And it's and it's really random. Like he yeah. hasn't chewed for you know, it was just I don't know, this morning he just thought, I'll chew that. Yeah, and, and partly they do choose things that we have been touching. So it's the same as planting a plant in the garden. The more you plant them, it's got your scent on it, they're much more likely to dig those ones up than the old plants that have been there for a while because they go to it and they think, oh, mum's been using this CD, I wonder what it's about. Oh, it's yeah. sm- oh it tastes a bit funny. Oh, ooh, that's a bit... Ooh. <laughs> and, and, yeah, so it's about helping them to, to know an appropriate chew toys each animal will have a particular favourite. They might like ropes. They might like um, um, all sorts Squeakies. of squeaky things. Not too many squeaky things because <laughs> they use those in the middle of the night. But it's um, rawhide chew or a bone, um, pig's ear, something like that, mm-hmm. so that they've got something to use their teeth on and they are very mouth-orientated, partly because their sense of smell is very strong and they like to taste things. So I'd certainly um, yeah, give him things to chew, keep him busy, give him boundaries so he's not allowed to wander around the house and choose. Plus, he is just a bit young, so he needs that extra supervision, and hopefully he'll settle down over time. Good luck with it, Brenda. It was probably a Delta Goodrum <laughs> season. another year, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah at least. <laughs> <laughs> Jan from Cessnock, you've got a problem with a poodle. Hi, how are you? Good, how can we help you? Okay, I've got a little poodle. He's about 18 months old, and he, when, when he's at home, he, he grabs your fingers for attention, but... Lately, he's taken to when I come in or I go out the door, he jumps up and bites me on the rear end. Ooh. Oh. It's only a nip, but it's, I'm finding it difficult to stop him doing it. Um, and he's been desexed? Yes, he was desexed at four months of age. Good, and no other animals in the house, just him? Yep. There is another dog, but it's an older dog, and so it's a lot quieter. Okay. Um, partly they get very excited. Poodles are a little bit... Um, intense a bit nervous what it is is attention seeking but we'd much prefer him to give just a little bark or stare at you or stand in front of you so the biting is he's lacking filters he's lacking self-control he's taking it past the normal dog thing to um, not being able to stop himself doing it so the more he mouths at your hands that's something you try and interrupt very early in their lives always interrupt redirect to uh, a tug toy or a towel and you say, no, nope, no hands, and you stop, you move away, turn side on, say you get nothing for that. Biting at your backside, the coming and going, he wants you to ask him if you can come or go, and that's not acceptable because you're the leader in the household. So you need to say to him, sit, wait, I'm going out the door, pay him with a treat, and you go out the door, close the door and say, good boy, wait, I'll be back later. Or when you're coming in, you say the same, sit on your security blanket, be good. Or you put him on lead and take him for a little walk around in the yard and then allow him to go back inside. While he's on lead, you've got better control. And you actually mm-hmm. put the... Um, you can put your foot on the lead so he can't jump up to you. But going for your backside is that he's a bit sneaky as well. So coming around yeah. from behind and, yeah, um, I'm trying not to visualise you walking out the door with the dog jumping up <laughs> your backside. But it's, yeah, it's just being very rude. So it's a naughty child. So you're setting reasonable boundaries, leadership guidelines and respecting him. He's not respecting you. So he has to learn. As soon as he does it, I turn around and tell him not to do it. He just sits there. It perfectly just 
straight into a sit position and looks at me. Oh, and he stares at you. So, that. Good. so there's a bit of a <laughs> to you in yeah. the background yeah. saying, yeah, get stuffed. So <laughs> we need to change that around by interrupting it early, redirecting it to something else, saying, yeah, it's okay, be good, but that's not part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And and just checking that he's getting enough exercise and walking and playing. And when you're doing that playing, get him to get excited, but then asking him to stop and be sensible with sit, stay, drop with treats. Mm-hmm. And as you said, he sits, but he's also already thinking about his next moment of mischief. At, at um, 18 months, as we said before, he is still just maturing. So it's a teenage brain that you're dealing with. So what you say today might not necessarily be remembered tomorrow. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's, right. that's my brain, really. So. <laughs> Sorry, what was I talking about? <laughs> so, so give that a try, Jan. And, and um, yeah, but you need to get back into that leadership role. Thank you, Jan. We are talking pet chat. I think that's just about time for our calls today. Um, we haven't had a chance to get to our topic. Okay. Dr. Bob, can we do that next time? We're that's going fine. to look at cat behaviour, and I'm guessing that's going to take a, a while because there's some pretty Very crazy complicated behaviors. creatures, yes. Yeah. And look, also our pet of the week, our dog of the week, Macy. Now, Dr. Bob or Cheryl Shaw, can you tell me what breed this pup looks like? They haven't put it on there. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's hanging out with all these purple flowers. You can check it out at 2NURFM.com. It's about three or four in I'm there, I'd say. say. Very mixed parenting here. <laughs> oh, look. A gorgeous dog. Oh, she's gorgeous. Um, she's got floppy ears, silky coat. She's very playful. She's very happy. She's started her basic training. Uh, she gets along very well with other dogs. She's very obedient. Of course, she would need to continue the training because she's still a puppy, so she's got lots to learn. Uh, but if you're interested in adopting a pet, please have a look at Macy. She's absolutely gorgeous, and there is a video on our face uh, on our website as well which is 2nurfm.com well Dr. Robert Stabler, Cheryl Shaw, that's it for us. Thank you both so much for coming in today. Thank, Thank you, you Charlie. Have a great day. Pet chat back same time next week. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2nurfm at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2nurfm.com.